Hey everybody, it's Katie. I'm just taking a little break from editing episode three and sitting here on my patio with Bella, our little podcat. And I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been super supportive over the last couple weeks and listening to the first two episodes. We've gotten so much awesome feedback from people inside the industry and surprisingly outside of the industry too. So we'll be doing a quick little segment with episode four where I'll be reading some of our favorite um, notes that we've been getting. But in the meantime, keep sending things our way. You can write us an email or send us a voice memo at hello at copperandheat.com or you can give us a, a call on our phone number, which is at the end of the episode. We love hearing all the stories. If you have a second, you can also leave us a review on mostly on iTunes, but on any of the other podcast forums as well. Thanks again, everybody. You are the best. Now on to this week's episode. I was going through a very dark time in uh, my last year of high school. I needed something to get my mind off of what was happening to me at that time. It saved my life because it was something that truly made me happy. We've struggled a lot growing up, and I feel like working in the kitchen, you struggle a lot, <laughs> but you always make it out. Long story short, it saved my life because it, it gave me a sense of hope. Episode 3, Strength. This is Copper and Heat, a podcast exploring the unspoken rules and traditions of the kitchen. I'm Katie Osuna. You're listening to our first season, Be a Girl, all about women in fine dining kitchens. If this is your first time listening, we recommend going back to episode 1, Brigade, and starting from there. Just a heads up, there's definitely going to be some cursing, and we're going to talk about topics that might not be safe for work. In this episode, we talk about the adrenaline rush cooks get from making it through a crazy day, the devastation when we get our asses handed to us, and how cooks and chefs find the strength to get through. I did a stage for three months before getting hired at a Michelin three-star restaurant in California. A stage is a period of time that you work at a restaurant for experience. Sometimes it's a trial period for a job, sometimes it's like an apprenticeship just to learn something new. It's almost always unpaid. After I finished my three-month stage, I started on a station, the Amuse station, and within the first month, I was so stressed that I lost about 20 pounds. But finally, I got my shit together. I figured out how to do my job and do it well. I became more comfortable in my position, but not quite enough to relax. Each day was a new day where I could either succeed or fuck up miserably. That's both the greatest and most terrifying part about the job of a cook. The excitement and pressure of a new day. It's a constant game of pumping yourself up. 
convincing yourself that this is what you want, that you are not going to give up. I was constantly telling myself, you can do this. You are not going to give up. You are not weak. You are not fucking weak. One of the best things about being a cook is the sense of accomplishment you feel after you really fucking nailed it. Those shining moments of victory hold you over. I so vividly remember the first time chef told me good job at the end of a dinner service. I was questioning myself. I had been on a new station for a few weeks and was feeling really shitty. But that night, I felt like I was finally getting the hang of it. I hadn't gotten chewed out at all that week. And chef made the point of coming over and telling me good job. I told him, I really appreciate that chef. And he just said, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. That one tiny moment made me stop questioning, at least for a couple weeks. I am not weak. I feel almost powerful. I withstood all this shit and I am kicking ass. Then there are the days where you're just fucking railed. Service is busy and you get your ass handed to you. It's a high pressure job where you are constantly under the clock. In most jobs, you might be under deadlines in terms of days, weeks, or months. In the kitchen, you are counting in terms of hours, minutes, and seconds. It's hot. It's loud. Everything needs to be perfect. It needs to be beautiful, tasty, and on time. You've just got to deal with it. So why do we do it? My senior year of high school, you know, I was kind of lost with what I wanted to do. This is Edelyn. She's an executive sous chef at a one Michelin star restaurant in California. Didn't grow up in a very wealthy family. And of course, being Filipino, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the thing to do is to become a nurse. And, you know, that was something that <laughs> my mom would have liked for me. But I just, my heart wasn't in it. And I was going through a very dark time in uh, my last year of high school. It was, I needed something to get my mind off of what was happening to me at that time. At that point, you know, I was kind of really, really stuck in between whether I wanted to cook or if I wanted to take the road of nursing. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. And I got a call from my brother and I could already tell from his message that it was not good. Quivery voice, you know, and right there my heart started racing. And I called him and he just kept on saying, where are you? Where are you? Who's there with you? And uh, I was just there sitting on the bench with my friends for lunch. And uh, I could tell he was crying. And I just, I had to like beg him to just tell me what was going on. <clears throat> and his words were, mom has cancer. And they're only giving her a year and a half to live. It saved my life because it was something that truly made me happy. And I know this is like, to me, it's, it's 
not necessarily bad, but kind of selfish of me because it was something that took my mind off of it. We weren't sure, you know, if it was going to get any better or worse. You know, the doctor is saying that it, she had a year and a half to live. That was, that was devastating. <laughs> um, I have a, uh, a younger brother and a younger sister. And, you know, the first thing that I thought about was, was them. If we lose, you know, if I lose my mom, like, who's going to take care of them? It would have been on me. Luckily though, three or four months after I was enrolled in, in culinary school, they said she was in remission. She beat it. Um, and she's been in remission ever since. Long story short, I saved my life because it, it got my mind off of things. It made me happy. It, it gave me a sense of hope. Um, you know, we've struggled a lot growing up. Um, and I feel like, it's going to sound really weird. Like working in the kitchen, you struggle a lot, <laughs> but you always make it out. had these conversations with people, there was at least this one common thread. The reason most of us cook is the challenge. Work really hard and never become complacent. That's Christopher. He works the meat station at Manresa. Never reach that place of comfort where you don't feel very challenged, you don't feel uncomfortable, you don't feel pushed. That's when you really stop learning, right? You need to always be in these places that really push you, like make you feel like you're stupid piece of shit. Those are the places where you really learn. That like stress and chaos is, it's like really kind of invigorating. This is Caitlin. She's an executive pastry chef. In a sick, twisted way, I enjoy the rush of being almost like in the weeds sometimes. I really hate to bring in such a cliche saying, but there's a reason for that one. You know the one that I'm talking about. If you can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Ugh, I hate it. But what is so complicated is that I also live for it. It's so incredibly ingrained in every cook's mind. If you can't hang, you don't belong here. Maybe we start cooking because we love food, but we continue to cook because of that drive to overcome the challenge. Cooks thrive on this ability to deal with incredible pressure, even when everything's crashing down around them. And that's something that a lot of people I've worked with have said is what drives them. I like that it's not easy. I like that it's not easy to work in the kitchen. I like that it's not easy that I'm a female working in the kitchen. I've always strived for challenges. I like challenges. Bring it on. Cooking, I think that getting that stressed and being able to get through it makes you feel strong. That's my brother Dylan. We both ended up being cooks. It makes you feel powerful to know that most people would have cracked under the pressure and would have broken under it. And just knowing that not your average person could do that. And even if they could, they wouldn't. You know, they wouldn't get through it. They wouldn't be able to. And so I think cooks can wear, like, will wear that as a badge of honor and really love that side of it. You know, I had, I had a cook 
actually tell me one time, which was one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. I, you know, this guy always used to look at me and be like, Freddie, it's all about the bounce back. Here's Fred. I worked with him at Manresa, but he spent a lot of his career in New York. It was really rough. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, Jose's an incredible chef and super talented, but uh, definitely can get a little upset. And um, three months in, you know, I started questioning things. I started wondering why I was there, why I was taking all the shit I was taking every single day. And um, I come in. It's just me and him. And I'm wondering where the other cook is. And he wasn't coming in today. And then on top of that, our pastry chef was on vacation. So four-man line turned into two on a Saturday night in New York City. We were fully booked. And I can't lie, I was very worried. You know, I knew that I was going to get yelled at that night. I knew that the two stations that he told me I was going to run, you know, he said, Fred, you're going to run pastry. You're going to run, you're going to run canapé and you're going to, you're going to do a good job. And I know he didn't mean it. I know he didn't, he didn't think I was going to do a good job. He, he thought it was going to go down. And so did I, I was, I was very worried. I was, I knew I was going to get yelled at and I was down in the basement gathering mise en place. And I just remember looking at myself in the reflection of the region and like being like, you have to, you have to do this today. Like you have to get out of this mood that you're in, that you're upset to be here. You don't want to, you don't want to succeed and you have to turn it around or else it's just going to get worse. And that was one of my biggest bounce backs. I remember really being upset that morning and me and him killed it. We literally had one of the best services together and it was an incredible feeling. It's where you really realize that maybe it's all worth it. Maybe all the shit you're taking, all the stuff you're learning and all the preciseness and meticulousness is really worth it. As a cook, you have to be able to move on from your mistakes. And I think with that comes not being sensitive. You need to be able to take it and then move on and get over it. That challenge is what drives cooks, but it can also be taken too far. Sometimes the people around you just let you go through it. This is Dan. He's a chef de partie on the fish station. Because they've all been through it too. They know it can be done. So they let you figure out getting it done. And it's really frustrating, but I, I see where that comes from. You're only going to get better from that. It's like an important thing to go through, even though it's like really sucks most of the time. You always show that you can handle it, no problem. Like, bring it on. Act like you can take on it much more than that. You always want to be able to be, like, a strong individual in the kitchen. You have the pressure of the job itself, but then there's this social pressure. A pressure to not only handle your shit, but do it without showing weakness. How many times are you called a pussy or something for being upset in the corner, you know? Like get your shit together, get back on the line and stop being a little girl about it. It's like a dog-eat-dog kind of world. Like, you don't you show no weakness. You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, my grandfather just died or whatever. Like, nobody's going to show you really understanding for that. They'll, they might say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but they'll still talk shit about you. There's definitely a lack of empathy. It's not an environment that really welcomes it because everybody has this certain goal. Things are supposed to run a certain way. Like it doesn't, you're supposed to put your other shit aside no matter what you're going through. 
that's kind of like the vibe you get, right? People just have to like suck it up and push through it and deal with it on their own. Let's say like you go through this shit and you do it on your own and you fucking deal with it. And then somebody else goes with something else. You never really expected any empathy. You never worked for it. You never like asked for a day off. You just fucking push through it. So you expect nothing less of the person next to you. You know, why show them empathy? Even though you should show them understanding for what they're going through, but the fact that you did that, you pushed through it, you like showed up and gave it your all and whatever, like no matter what was happening, you kind of expect the same of your peers, right? It's pretty fucked up because it shouldn't be that way. But at the end of the day, the people who are the most cold and heartless are the people who will rise. This is Mitch. He was my CDC at Manresa. You know, it's it's the cream rises to the top and um, if you're not working out then see you later like get out of here and it's just like yeah like men will men will do that at the drop of a hat like they don't care <laughs> like yes what makes me look better what makes me rise I'm gonna do that I don't give a shit but yeah the women I've worked with have generally just cared more about everyone that they work with the women I've seen be most successful in kitchens are the ones that become like they, they don't care about anyone else. It's about the job that they're doing at the time. And it's the exact same thing with, with men. So then what happens when you can't show you're upset, when you have all this stress and anxiety building up, how do cooks deal with it? You need to stand your ground, more so if you're a female. This is Adeline again. Because the guys will try to try to make you out as that sensitive girl. What's so wrong with being sensitive, though? You know, <laughs> like yeah. if you are, you are. Who cares? Which is, I think, a re- big reason why we have all these problems as cooks. Like That's Christopher alcoholism and fucking gambling and like addictions in general you know like you could draw it up to that's just the kind of people who are drawn to cooking but that's also like a byproduct of the situation they deal with every day they seek that comfort girls are sensitive and we're gonna cry if we don't get a position this is caitlin some of us might but you know what you guys probably go home and cry about it too and you know what that's cool some of us we go home and we drink Not all of us run home and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's and sob and talk about how much we hate our life. We have to have some sort of semblance of like nitty gritty to us if we're willing to put up with all of this. Don't treat us like we're fragile. We're not. (laughs) Oh, she's a girl. Like Here's Fred again. That's why she's crying over there in the corner after we yelled at her, you know. But then we're not talking about how when a guy gets yelled at, he goes quiet the rest of the night. And then all of a sudden, the next day, he shows up really hungover. Well, why did he get so drunk last night? Part of the fun with it is that, you know, you just... That's my brother Dylan again. Work hard and go nuts and then drink to not be as sore and to just be in a better mood and just and just de-stress with all the guys or whatever. But I think that that's kind of a double-edged sword because while it helps on the day-to-day, what's next, you know, what's, what's going to happen? Is it healthy? No. Is it fun? For a while, yeah. The thing is, eventually the extreme highs and the extreme lows catch up. 
a lot of the cooks I've worked with are older career cooks and you'll see the moments of clarity where there's like I don't yeah just snap and say it's not worth it and sometimes that was probably even the right call you know like because it there's a certain extent where it's like if it's not worth it for you then you're not happy doing it and there's no like it's easy to reach that kind of breaking point I think because it's such a high stress job you see a lot of people who are like fuck this and they leave and a lot of times their excuse is you know it's too hard I don't make enough money I work too long hours and uh do I think it's a shame that sometimes Yeah, they'd always tell me that I'm not, like, as sensitive as other girls. They'd always think that I, like, I was tough. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I feel like I've had to make myself that way working in the kitchen. Kind of just, like, roll with the punches. Roll with the punches or even take the punches, you know? Whatever the case may be. People are so hooked on what it means to be a man. This is Koji, one of my sous chefs. Gender roles and like the way that people are supposed to be like, men are strong, women are soft. Why does that fucking matter? I like having women in the kitchen because it's a more realistic reality. Generally speaking, when I've worked with women, it it softens men in the kitchen. Like if it's a bunch of dudes, you're like, yeah, how big's your cock? Yeah, mine's huge too. And it's like, if there's a girl, it's like, I don't have to like show you my dick. We can be human beings to each other. You're more okay being vulnerable. You left the kitchen and people stopped singing in the kitchen. You, me and Dan would like sing in the kitchen. Like just because it was stupid and like you get a kitchen full of dudes and it's instantaneously a fucking pissing contest. This goes back to what we talked about in the last episode. Kitchen culture is built around this idea that you have to be strong powerful, deal with your shit, be masculine. Anything feminine, soft, emotional, or empathetic is seen as a weakness. Weakness is equated with gender and femininity means like you can't hold your own. It's the culture that people have been raised to believe, you know, whether you're manly or not and what the definition of being a man is. You have this very like deep split between the roles of what a man has to do and what a woman has to do and what they should be doing, what they can or they can't do. Like, it's 2018. The pressure to not appear weak for me is twofold. I just can't be weak. I don't want to be seen as weak. But I also just don't want to fail for womankind. I don't want the guys to look at me and be like, oh, look, another girl couldn't handle it. And talking to other women in the industry, some of them feel the same way. Being sensitive, especially in the kitchen, being a woman, it's seen as a weakness. This is Kaya. So as women, you try your hardest to be the sh- like be the strong one, be able to stand your ground and like have a backbone in the kitchen. So when it comes to like things like, oh, that probably would have hurt your feelings or like didn't really sit right with you. It's like you kind of have to like just try to be insensitive to the things that you should be sensitive about. We should be able to stand up for it and be able to take action. But at the same time, like when you're in that situation, like what do you do? I mean, there's times where you have to like turn it off, like you have to turn your emotions off in that that sense. But it's a job. (laughs) So it's like, all right, got to just do what you got to do. Try and keep like, you know, like your personal life and your work life separate. It's very still difficult to keep those emotions out of it. 
So there's that pressure to not say anything, to keep your personal life separate, to not appear weak, and to just suck it up and deal with it. And that can be really hard. But it's not even just about the women in the kitchen. If there wasn't all this weird pressure to be masculine, for women or men, the culture of the kitchen may be a little healthier for everyone involved. People are always like, oh, this new generation of cooks are so soft. Well, I got yelled at, I'm gonna yell at you. Did that work for you? You're like a dead person inside. And that's what you're proud of, is that your job is taking your humanity from you? You're proud of that? Why? <laughs> Why? Just because you went through shit doesn't mean that we can't change that. There must be different ways to motivate people. I, I think about how much work, how much time, sweat, blood and tears, burns, cuts I've devoted to this profession I think about why I love it so much and what it's done for me it brings me the type of joy that no one else can take away I wanted to do something that I loved because I feel like that's one of the best ways to be successful I was aware of how much money I was going to make or not make I was aware of that but I still took the risk I could have gone, you know, I the quote-unquote easy route and um, did something like nursing and made a lot more money than I did starting out cooking. But I feel like if I didn't have the courage to actually follow my dreams, I honestly don't know where I would be at right now. I could have been Nurse Edelin right now. <laughs> In the next episode, I talk with my friends about the dedication and passion of the job and how the drive to get better affects life and relationships outside of work. Be a Girl, the first season of Copper and Heat is produced by me, Katie Osuna and Ricardo Osuna. A special thanks to Rachel Palmer and Clancy Magnuson for editing help. Check out our website, copperandheat.com, for more information about today's episode. Do you have stories about working in the industry? Something you want us to explore more? We'd love to hear from you. Send them to hello at copperandheat.com or call 208-718-2719. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your cat. We could use all the help spreading the word. Head on over to Twitter or Instagram and find us at Copper and Heat. All the music you hear is produced by us under the name Gamma Gardens. Check out other tracks on Instagram and SoundCloud. And finally... Thanks to all of you for listening.